Hello, welcome to the Dear Nikki podcast, where I'm going to be giving you personalized user research advice based on your questions or struggles. So let's dive into today's episode. Hello, hello. Happy 2023. I'm so glad to be back. So glad to be talking to you. I hope that you had a wonderful time off if you were able to take some time, if you were celebrating something. I hope that you enjoyed your celebrations. I hope that you relaxed, took some time for yourself. So important to do stuff like that. I'm, I'm so here for that because taking time for yourself makes you a better researcher, <laughs> makes you a better colleague makes you a happier person. <laughs> At least that's what I found out. So really excited. I'm back in the UK, back home. I was in the United States visiting my parents for the Christmas holiday and they moved to South Carolina, I don't know, two and a half years ago. It's very different from Boston, which is where I'm originally from. And, you know, when they moved, I was like, okay, you know, I, I love Boston. So it was hard for me to let go of Boston, but I was like, all right, well, It'll be warm when I go and visit you. No, it was not warm. It was minus 12 degrees Celsius, which is, I don't even know what that is, like four degrees Fahrenheit or something. I like, no, it wouldn't be. It would be 20 or 20s or teens in Fahrenheit. I've been converted to a Celsius person now. Uh, and I can do the math, but it takes me some time. And I wouldn't want to spend 30 minutes trying to do math for you on this podcast episode. <laughs> but it was very cold. Our pipes froze because, hey, it's South Carolina. Nobody was looking for a very cold weather like that. So our pipes froze for a few days. But then it was back in the 20s. Uh, a few days later, we were out in t-shirts, which is like, I guess, 70s for Fahrenheit, within the scope of Fahrenheit. So 20s and 70s, which was very interesting. It's a bit of a whiplash. But anyway, I had all my favorite America stuff. I went to Trader Joe's, went to Chipotle, had some goldfish. They don't have goldfish in the UK. My husband was very surprised about goldfish. He had never had goldfish before. So we ate a lot of goldfish. Uh, and yeah, just generally really, really nice break, but so happy to be back. So happy to be with you again, answering your questions, getting to know you, and so excited for this year, year ahead. You know, who knows what 2023 will bring, but I know it will bring good things. So let's get started then. Our first question of our new year, so our first question of 2023 is about service mapping workshops. So the question was, how do you go and conduct a service mapping workshop? So what are some best practices, some tips and tricks? How would you approach a service mapping workshop? And I am really here for this, really glad that this is the first question that I'm answering in 2023 because I love workshops. Workshops are, I believe, one of the biggest foundations of a user researcher because without workshops, we don't collaborate as much. So workshops allow us to collaborate with our stakeholders. They allow us to bring people together. They allow people's perspectives to come together. They allow for ideation, innovation, invigoration. <laughs> Three eyes there. <laughs> so I love workshops and I'm very, very excited to talk about service mapping workshops and how I approach them. But before I dive into the whole workshop, kind of arena, what I want to do is clarify what service mapping means to me and how it might differ 
from other mapping exercises because as I said before, in the user research space, in the UX space, even in the product space, we like to use a lot of different words for the same thing or a lot of different phrases that might mean the same thing or might mean something slightly different. And everybody kind of combines them and uses them differently. So it can be really hard to keep these things straight and to understand when one person means one thing, another person means another thing. So shared understanding. Workshops are great for shared understanding too, just plugging workshops. So in that sense, I, for me, service mapping, I think of service blueprint. So what is a service blueprint? Essentially, that is a combination of what customers are experiencing end-to-end -end on your platform or product. So this works for B2B and B2C, right? So it's what customers are doing, thinking, experiencing, feeling their, their needs, their goals, their pain points, right? On your platform or on your product. And then, because that sounds like you're like, oh, this is a customer journey map, but it's a layer deeper than a customer journey map because it shows the back of house. What's the back of house? It's what you're doing. It's what your company is doing during all of those stages that your customers are interacting with you, right? So to me, that is what a service blueprint is. It shows the front of house, what the customer is doing and going through, and the back of house, which is what your organization is doing as well as, as what the customer is doing goes forward. So that is the difference for me. Like customer journey map just looks at the customer. Service blueprint or service mapping looks at the customer and your organization and what each of them respectively are doing at the same time, right? So that that's for me, that's the main distinction that I see within the space and what I have used to, to run workshops and to create things like service blueprints is, is that distinction. So front of house and back of house. I don't know. For some reason, I just love calling it those two things. <laughs> it like makes it more exciting. I'm like, ooh, it's like <laughs> acting or something. So anyways, when it comes to doing service blueprints or service mapping, workshops are your best friend. And so I'm actually looking right now at a service blueprint that I did at a company quite a few years ago, which looked at both what the user was doing or the customer was doing and also what our organization was doing during each of those stages. So what I recommend is when you are coming together to kind of understand a service blueprint and looking at both the front of house and the back of house, when it comes to the workshop, what I what I did is I I split it into two sections, this workshop. So the first one was actually looking at the customer journey map. So what is the customer doing within the scope of your product or platform? And then the second part of of that of that workshop was looking at the back of house. So what are we doing as an organization when it comes to like that customer journey map? So each of the stages that we defined, what are we doing? as a company, who is doing it, who's involved, how are we feeling, right? So that being said, those that's how I kind of, that was my initial approach. So I, my, my manager had come to me and, and uh, quite a few people were like, we need a service blueprint because the customer journey map, we, we felt like it wasn't enough because some of the pain points that our customers were going through had to do with 
our company and our organization and how our organization worked. So that's why we added in this extra layer of a service blueprint. So we wanted to look, yes, at the customer journey, but we also wanted to understand what we were doing and how then we could improve internally. So that was the big, the big goal when it came to doing this service blueprint and the reason that we did that versus just a customer journey map. So when my manager came to me and I decided on that approach of splitting up the customer journey map as part one and the service, sorry, the back of house is part, part two of the service blueprint, I focused first on the customer journey because what I didn't want to do is like, so a, a big part of customer journeys is stages, right? You come up with the stages that your customers or users go through within your platform or your product. And that is very much focused on the customer and what they're experiencing and what they're going through. And so the reason that I picked to do that first is because I didn't want us to look at what our organization did, right? I, I almost wanted the forcing function to be what the organization did when it came to the customer journey. Right? So rather than focusing first on our organization, I wanted to focus first on the customer journey to then mirror that and say, okay, this is what the customer is going through. What are we doing or not doing? Right, And the reason that I did that, one, is to be customer centric. And two, because what we figured out ultimately is during some steps of the customer journey, we just weren't there. So if I had started with our organization, what our organization did first, we would have potentially missed really big stages when it came to the customer journey, right? And we would have had to add them in retrospectively and it gets a, a bit messy. I did that once, so I, I, <laughs> I won't make that mistake again. So part one, customer journey, right? So when it comes to workshops, and I, I'm gonna go a little bit broad on, on this because a lot of these best practices work across any kind of workshop that you're doing. But when it comes to workshops, there are two big things that you have to think about before you even start creating the workshop, inviting people, whatever, right? The goal and outcome of the workshop and the most immediate necessary people that you need in there to achieve the goal and the outcome that you have set, right? So those are the two things that you need to think of before you start designing kind of any any workshop before you're like, what activities? Because the goal and outcome and the people who are there will help you determine the rest of the workshop successfully. So when it comes to a customer journey workshop, you your goal is essentially to understand the journey that the customer goes through, the end-to-end -end journey. You could narrow the scope and say during a particular time in their journey, you know, but I'm, I'm talking about a service blueprint, which is always quite broad. So it's the end-to-end -end journey, generally speaking. So you're looking to understand the end-to-end -end journey that a user is going through. So what are the stages involved? What are the goals involved for each of those stages? What are the tasks that are involved for each of those stages? What are the pain points involved for each of those stages? And then who's involved? Because, and I, 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 didn't, I didn't use this at first because I did more B2C work at one point. So way, 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 way back in the beginning of my career, I did start officially as a B2B user researcher, but I did freelance work before and it was B2C work. So I didn't, I, I was always focused on one person. But if you're if you're in a complex potentially B2C product or B2B product, the people who might be looking and researching 
looking at and researching your software, let's say for like a B2B product might not be the people who are ultimately like using it and renewing it. So within each stage, identifying who those people are that are part of that stage. So that's, that's what your goal is, is to understand that information. And the outcome is essentially to come up with a prototype of this, right? So at the end of your workshop, you should have a rough outline of that customer journey that either you already have all the information for so you don't need to validate like you've done the that you've done the research it's all clear you're using the research to create this customer journey that's that's one way to go about it so then like that then becomes more finalized or two you haven't done any research and this is like a prototype of a journey that you then need to go and validate right separately within research but the outcome of that workshop is to create that outline, right? So you have your stages, you have your goals, you have your tasks, you have your pain points, you have your people. Another thing you can add time frame for each of these stages, right? So, right, we got that customer journey part in terms of goal and outcome. And then I would have you think, what, what do you, who do you need? Who do you need to invite to achieve that goal and outcome. So who has the information that's most important for you to achieve that goal and outcome at the end, right? And invite those people. Generally speaking, I don't like workshops that are over like 12 or 15 people because it starts to get unruly (laughs) and it's hard to facilitate that many people. So I would recommend thinking about what 10 people are the most important to put into this workshop. If you have 20 important people, then do two of these of this first part so split it up into two and then combine the outcome from from each of the workshops so those are the most important parts in setting up a successful workshop so again the goal the outcome and then who you're going to invite that will help you achieve that goal and that outcome now when it comes to actually approaching the workshop the best thing that i have kind of done with these workshops is kind of starting from scratch and having a big whiteboard or a big Miro board, depending on if you're in person or remote, and you start with the stages. And we say, all together, let's brainstorm these stages. And you could either do it where it's divergently, where you all think about the stages and almost map it out separately and then come together and discuss them and see what the overlap is. Or all together, you could start saying, okay, what what are the stages? And this doesn't mean that you need to go in order. When when we were doing the journey map and, and blueprint that I'm looking at now, we were all over the place. Like I think we started in the middle of what we what we really knew. And then we like worked uh, from backwards and then forward, right? So we worked out from the middle. So, you know, we were like, oh, you know, we know a kickoff happens. We know that implementation happens, right? And then we had to say, okay, what are all the things that come before that? right? And what are the, all the things that come after that? So what we did is we took we took that and we brainstormed the different stages. And then, as I said, we went through each stage and we identified the goal, the task, the pain points, and the people. We also did time because time was very important at a, in a, within our B2B product, right? So we thought about what are all of the goals that people are trying to achieve, what are the tasks that they're doing, who is trying to do these tasks and achieve these goals, and what's the time. So very, very 
easy, easy here is there are there were two main stages in the beginning of our particular journey map and blueprint. So the first one was identifying needs. So somebody at the company that we are thinking about had to sit down and say, I think we need a software that does this, right? We need this because we're trying to achieve these goals, right? So that that's that is a, a goal that somebody was thinking about. That's that's a stage, and within that goal, they're like, okay, like, or within that stage. So we have the stage of identifying needs. They're like, we need to increase, you know, our our engagement within our platform. So we need a software that allows us to do that. Right. And then they're going and their 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 task is kind of just looking through and saying, oh yeah, we're we're really not this this isn't working for us. What we're doing right now isn't working for us. You know, we we have different things that we need to explore. And then the next step in the stage was research and education. And this is a very common part of of most journey maps, is the person is researching different solutions, right? And their goal is to find the best and most cost-effective and scalable and suitable solution, right? And so they're looking at other other solutions and they're comparing them and they're maybe, you know, reading about reviews or other people's experiences, talking to other people, maybe doing demos, right? So again, we have these stages and now we're coming up with these goals, tasks, pain points, the people involved. And as I said, we did time. So within that, scope of that of that particular workshop you're working through each of the stages and and i i like to do it divergently and then convergently so i like to say okay everybody at stage 1 identifying needs what are the goals and then you time box it and everybody goes and writes all the goals as many goals as possible and then we put them up on the board and then we cluster the similar ones right and then we say okay what are the tasks you know everybody writes as many as possible we go to the board we cluster the similar ones and discuss it so it's quite a long process uh, for for this. We had how many stages am I looking at? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen stages. <laughs> you might not have that many. We had quite a few stages. So this was a full day workshop. This was an eight hour workshop. You might be able to get away with four hours, but what I would recommend doing here is going through all those stages, identifying all of them, feeling good about those stages, and then coming up with the goal, task, pain points, people, and time or whatever else might be necessary for you within each of those stages. And I like to do divergent to convergent work. So again, for identifying needs, what are all the goals? And then, you know, everybody writes it down separately and then puts it on the board and then we discuss it, right? So that's how I would approach that first section of the workshop. So looking at that customer journey. And then we have the second part which is the back of house. So which is what your organization is doing. Now, this is where it gets a little bit tricky and where I would say you're going to have to run quite a few workshops depending on how many people within the organization, like how many groups you have within the organization and how many groups are working on that particular project. So let me explain what I mean by there. So what we did within this service blueprint is we thought about, okay, what are all of the departments that are essentially working on our product. So we looked at sales, marketing, account management, product, solu and solutions architects, right? And also customer support, right? So those were, were the departments that were not 
consistently, like they weren't in every stage, but they were at least in one stage within the customer journey. So when I did this, <laughs> there were a few departments that didn't get along. So it's not like I could invite everybody. Uh, first off, that would be way too many people, but it's not like I could invite like people from every department all in one workshop and hope for the best because some people had different ideas of what should be or what did happen or this or that, you know, so it was a bit tough to just put everybody in one in one workshop. So what I did is I went department by department and I said, okay, I'm going to invite sales to this workshop. And what I did is I said, all right, sales team, here's the customer journey that we have identified, right? And I had that outline from that, from that previous part of the workshop. And I said, what are all the things that you are doing during each of these stages, which to be fair, actually was a lot easier because, you know, it's, it's much more contained. It's like, what are you doing <laughs> as a department during each of these stages? So these workshops went by much faster. So you might have to have more of them, but they're shorter workshops. And so what we did is I think I did everything relatively convergent. Like, so I, everybody brainstormed together. Like it, it, I didn't do much like divergent convergent work because everybody was within the same team. So I wanted them to discuss it. So we went through each and every stage. So let's say identifying needs, what does the sales team do? And we went through all the tasks. What I also did was I said, how do you feel during each of these stages as your department collectively? Right. So I, I had the, the tasks that they do and the feeling that they had during each of these stages that the customer was going through. I then did that with marketing. I did it with account management. I did it with solutions architect. I did it with product. I did it with customer support. Right. So every single one I invited separately and we went through the, that exercise. So every single stage that the customer went through, what was that particular department doing? And it's okay if they weren't doing anything. Like they might not have, uh, they might not have to be a part of that particular journey. So for instance, account management isn't always part of the identifying needs part of the journey, right? Because there's no way for account management to be there when somebody's trying to identify their needs within an organization. However, sales and marketing, they were there, right? So what we did is we lined up everything then that each department was doing. So each department got their own row under, under the customer journey map. And what we did is we then saw what are the gaps? Where are we failing our customers? So where are customers having a hard time within their journey? And where are we failing them as an organization? Where are the problems that we're coming up against because handovers are sucking? within our organization? Where are the times where people are taking too long, where we're taking too long? So something that happened was between um, technical implementation and developing a marketing strategy, technical impl <laughs> implementation was taking a really long time. It was taking uh, many, many months. And so and then we would wait until the technical implementation was done, and then we would develop the marketing strategy. Right? which made no sense because if technical implementation is going to take so long, we should also take that time to develop the marketing strategy so people still feel like things are going forward because they were like, I don't feel like anything's going forward. We're just sitting here and waiting. Right. So then what we did is we said, okay, 
marketing and solutions architect team, let's get together. Let's see like how we can hand off a little bit better. So as soon as technical implementation starts, can we hand off to the account management team and the marketing team together and say, okay, let's develop this, right? So let's develop this while something is getting implemented. And we also, something else that we did is we saw where all the gaps were within our organization and we we created an end-to-end -end playbook that kind of mirrors this journey so that everybody knows what everybody in the organization is doing at each step of the journey and who is responsible, right? And when the handoff should be and who's next in line, right? So... That was that was really really cool. We we got a lot out of out of this particular workshop. So I always say it's amazing to do these kinds of workshops, and this is why workshops are the foundation of user research because we can bring together so many different people, facilitate those conversations, and come up with really great solutions that help not only our customers but our organizations. Right. So within that approach, what you're essentially doing is you're having two parts of this workshop. The first one focused on the customer journey, bringing people together, identifying those stages within each stage, identifying the goal, task, needs, pain points, people, time, whatever else you find is necessary, and then bringing together each department and saying, what are you doing? What are you doing during this journey? How are How is your department a part of this journey and how are you feeling? Right? So that's how I would approach this. It's not, there aren't any at least for me, there weren't any fancy techniques. You know, I wasn't doing crazy eights. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't doing any super fancy exercises because for me, this workshop was more along the lines of let's get this information down and let's understand it. You know, I wasn't trying to innovate on something. We, we weren't trying to create a new product. We weren't trying to, you know, do do something new or, or even create a prototype of a of a particular feature. So it was really straightforward. And, and I would recommend, because sometimes we get caught up and we're like, well, what should our activities be? And it's like, you know, sometimes we don't need these really interesting and in intricate and different activities. Sometimes people just need to come together and talk. And I would say that this is one of those kinds of workshops, right? So Always think about that. What is the goal? What is the outcome? You know, what am I trying to get at? And that will help you define how you should approach a particular workshop, right? Again, in this case, there were those two parts. And then I separated out the departments knowing that I didn't want to have to deal with people fighting <laughs> during the second part of the workshop, right? And then thinking about, again, who should I be inviting, which is much easier to do during the second part of this workshop where you're just inviting the particular departments. But for the first part, the customer journey, it's really important to get kind of a, a diverse sample of your departments. So for the customer journey that I did for this particular company, we invited people from each department, one or two people from each department. So we had about, I want to say, 12 people in total. And that was that was enough. That was enough. Right. So I hope that this is helpful when it comes to service blueprints and how what they are, thinking about creating them and creating a workshop based on those. I would say keep it simple, especially for something like this, because there's a lot of information and it's a long workshop. So keep it as simple as possible. And also remember your goal and your outcome. What do you want to walk out with? And then who do you need in order to walk out with that particular outcome? So 
really excited. I, I hope that shed some light kind of maybe in, on workshops in general, but on uh, service blueprints or service mapping in particular. Um, so yeah, I, I am thrilled to have been able to answer this. I will also say I do have a quick update, um, that I, that I did want to share and it's about my membership, which I will link to this in the, in the show notes, but I have decided to upgrade my membership a little bit. So I have a user research membership, uh, right, right now. And I, I started it last year, which was very exciting. And I decided to upgrade it in the sense that I've now created a community within that mentorship or membership. There's also a community within my mentorship too. You tell it's the it's the the beginning of the year, <laughs> stumbling over words. So if you're interested in checking that out, click on the link in the in the show notes. I know a lot of people have constantly come to me saying, "I wish I had a better community. I wish I had people to talk to." So that's why I decided to put a community within my membership and it's still staying at the same price that it was before, which is 13 pounds a month. And you get a load of other things uh, which you can check out uh, on the on the page, but yes, most importantly, very excited for this community within within my membership and really really excited to see see where it goes and and help people get get more help and support and talking to each other and getting new perspectives is so important so anyways i am excited for 2023 and all the questions that i can answer and i look forward to answering more of your questions soon i hope you have a great day bye Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and submit your next question. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye.